0: What's going on? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome into the Bell Ringer podcast hosted by Sixers Wire of USA Today Sports Media Group. I am your host, the editor of the Sixers Wire site, Kai Carlin. And for the final time, the oh. final time. Oh, man. Here here on this bill, on here on the podcast today before he leaves us is Cameron Fields, who is leaving us. Yeah, he got himself a brand new position over at Cleveland.com out there in Ohio. So this is going to be it. This is going to be the final podcast here on the Bell Ringer. It really so,
1: is. Like, man.
0: first of all, Cam, I want to say congratulations to you before we jump right into it. I know you're going to kill Thank
1: it. Thank you. Thank you, Hey, It's been so great working with you, man. Just being on the podcast with you. You know, I guys, I've had to endure his <laughs> Batman craziness. With all the slander. And you know Nick, our friend Nick at Netswire has had to go through this as well. And then Kai playing Black Ops on his Xbox 360. Meanwhile, the Xbox One X is about to come out this holiday season. <laughs> so I, I, don't, I don't know, you know, what Kai is doing. But, you know, I'm going to miss him. I'm going to miss everyone at USA Today, sports media group uh it's been fun listen i'm finally getting the ps5
0: like what whenever that comes out after
1: his like scholarly peer 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 reviewed apa style articles guys he was like i gotta do my research i gotta do my research (laughs) before he decided to get a ps5 acting like you know this was like a thing where he had to get a second opinion like he was going to go get something fixed or something like that you have
0: to like, learn about these things you have to you just You just you, like this is a gaming console that you have to commit to man like this is a commitment so you have to make oh a decision gosh. On, on which gaming console you are going to rock with for the next four or five years before the next one comes out you know what i'm saying like this was oh this is a commitment. my goodness don't even do that because you know it's true you know it's true it's uh, a
1: commitment, but it, this isn't marriage.
0: No, <laughs> like, no, 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 believe me, it is. Like I feel like I'm cheating on the Xbox by by coming out, by getting the PS5. I feel like I'm cheating on the Xbox. So, oh, no. I'm I'm just saying, but I mean, like, my love for Spider-Man, just, you know, that, that sold me on PS5 because he's a way better superhero than Batman ever will be. So, we're just going to kind of dive right into it after that true statement that I just said. Well, everybody, in case you've been living under a rock, the Philadelphia 76ers... They they're dealing with a huge injury. Ben Simmons is going to be out indefinitely with what they're calling a subluxation of the left knee. Now neither of us are doctors, or neither of us are going to pretend to be doctors. Um, But from what I'm hearing is, I guess like the normal recovery time is four to six weeks. And Cam, considering the playoffs sizable amount of time, considering the playoffs begin in ten days. Uh, From the time we record this podcast, it it sounds like Ben Simmons is probably done for the year.
1: Yeah, I mean, you really got to think, okay, even before, even with Ben Simmons, right, their chances really aren't that high. okay? so, yeah, the playoffs start in a little over a week. And, you know, Ben Simmons, you know, it's very unfortunate injury for him. Very unfortunate injury for the Sixers. Just I mean, yeah, like you said his season is probably done uh, and that's probably going to be it for Philly. I mean, that's probably going to be a first round exit, uh, you know, and it's looking like they're going to end up playing Boston. So, you know, I mean, it's just going to be, it's a tough loss all around and, you know, hopefully he has a good recovery from that.
0: Honestly, it, what really is concerning to me, especially for a guy who relies so much on explosion and athleticism yeah. right now, um, you know, obviously he hasn't really brought out the jump shot just yet. I mean, he took a three uh, in the win over the Washington Wizards, but this is still a guy who relies so much on athleticism and explosion and getting to and the speed, rim. And that's, yeah. and that's when you rely on your knees the most. And, and if he can't come out, and have the same type of explosiveness when, he, from whatever treatment option he chooses, whether it's a surgery or just like a quick little, um, you know, rehab treatment oh, to yeah. make yet to get him back out in the court for the playoffs at least. Uh, that like that's where the concern is going to come in, and you don't know if he's going to be the same Ben Simmons. You don't know if he's going yeah. to be. That same guy who was all over the floor defensively and then offensively attacking the basket at will, going downhill, explosion, getting to the basket, getting to the free throw line. You don't know what Ben's going to look like when he comes back. And I feel like that is kind of the one thing right now that should be on the mind of a lot of people. Now, we don't know how long he's going to be out cam because they haven't haven't determined, like on a treatment option just yet. But I feel like these are all questions right now that need to be that, that really can't be answered. But it's something to definitely wonder and worry about moving forward with this team.
1: For sure, I mean, like you said, with the athleticism side of this, that is going to be something to look for because it's like, hey, Ben Simmons is one of the fastest guys in the NBA, right? Just from end to end. And with basketball, knees are is always such like you know a very tricky, sensitive thing in terms of injuries. Like if you really mess up your knee ACL, any sort of yeah, like torn thing or any anything with the knee, any injury that happens there, that's going to affect you because you need to be able to change direction as a basketball player. You need to be able to burst. Uh, You need that agility. And a lot of that comes from, yeah, I mean, a lot of that comes from your knees. And so this is, you know, very unfortunate injury for Ben Simmons. And we'll have to see you know, if his game has to evolve from being one where it's like he's going downhill, he's using his speed, he's um, dunking, he's getting alley-oops to where maybe is he more post-oriented? Like, does, does this mean like a more permanent move to the four now? Because if he plays the four, um, you know, after he recovers, that might be easier on him phys- physical, you know, wise than playing point guard. Playing point guard, that's a lot more explosion having to go to the rim. Playing the four, he might you know, be able to use his post skills more and not have to exert his knees as much.
0: And I feel like now that Ben is probably going to be out for a while, obviously this is now another big change that the Sixers have to make. Uh, you already made a huge change going into the year by bringing in Al Horford. So now you're trying to make Simmons, Horford, and Embiid fit together. You realize it didn't work. You now go to Orlando for this restart and you move Horford to the bench, you put Shake Milton in, you're moving Simmons to the four. Now Simmons is out, so you have to go back to the Horford and Embiid pairing. Right. And, I, and you know, I feel like it's going to be just a little bit too much right now to just for everybody, all of these changes and these moving parts. That can be a yeah.
1: lot for, for a team to handle. Now – Especially was, in this new environment, too. You know, right. this is an unprecedented environment. Yeah, exactly. There's, there, there's a
0: lot – to really handle right now. And I feel like for me, Al Horford definitely makes the most sense to just put him back into the starting lineup. Um, now Horford and Embiid this year have had an offensive rating in this counts, the bubble games as well uh, of 103.1 uh, this season per cleaning the glass. However, when you take Simmons off the floor as Horford and Embiid, the offensive rating actually goes up to 115.3. So that, that, that could be due to the fact that, Simmons is kind of clogs the lane even more because he doesn't shoot. Yeah. And now that you have Embiid and Horford and Horford will at least attempt some threes and some, and some long range twos and, and just kind of space the floor. Then you got Tobias and Josh cutting and shake running things. So I'm right, I'm right, interested right. now in seeing if this number holds up cam, the 115.3 offensive rating that Embiid and Horford had with Simmons off the floor. Now, Tonight, Friday night, they take on the Orlando Magic. The Magic, you know, they they're going to be missing Jonathan Isaac, Aaron Gordon, and Michael Carter Williams, three pretty solid defenders. And you know, but they do have Nikola Vucevic, and he gives the team some issues. So I just I'm really looking forward to seeing how this team a operates on offense now that Simmons is gone. and we see more MB right. Warford, and defensively, can they get back to what they were before? COVID because, Cam, the Sixers were a solid defensive team. But so far in the bubble, giving up 46 points in the fourth quarter to an Indiana team, missing Damanis Sabonis, and then giving up 43 points in the fourth to San Antonio, missing LaMarcus Aldridge, and then not really winning all that impressively against the Wizards. So looking forward to how this team moves forward now.
1: Yeah, I mean, just going off what you said with the defense, something that I really noticed, you know, during the Washington game was guys like Troy, B- Troy, Troy Brown Jr. would just get into the basket like it was nothing. Yep. I mean, he was getting to the basket so easily, and their paint defense is going to have to improve. And it's not even just their paint defense. You know, the, the Troy Brown, he was getting to that second level, and he wasn't being stopped. So it, can there be better help defense? Can there be better defense just on the perimeter so he doesn't get to that point at all? Um, I, I think that they're really going to have to focus more on that just going forward especially against teams like Boston who they're likely to play in the playoffs you have guys like Jalen Brown who's going to get to the basket you know relatively easily against anyone not just even like against a good defensive team so you have guys like Jason Tatum one of the best up-and-coming scorers in the league so it's like hey uh where did your defense go what happened to it why is it like this right and you know can't it get back to being where it was. And and remember, that was with Simmons healthy.
0: You know, like these couple games in Orlando. And Simmons is one of the top elite defensive talents in the league. Uh, He was just predicted by Hoops Hype and a couple of other NBA media members to make all defensive first team with 100% of the vote. And if you were struggling that much with Ben Simmons, with what he does, that length, that versatility, able to guard any position one through five, and now he's gone. Now you have to rely a lot more on Josh Richardson. And I feel like Richardson has had a really good last couple of games after a tough start against Indiana. Shake Milton as well, obviously. Like the backcourt has stepped up pretty well lately. Joel Embiid has been terrific down inside the bubble. I think his, I think he's yeah, averaging yeah. like 28, 12, and like four assists. And he's passing out the double he's playing teams. Well. He's playing well, yeah. And then you have Al Horford and, and Tobias Harris and everything, but – Horford, to me, like now, all of a sudden, where Cam, I feel like people were kind of pushing him to the side now that the Sixers agreed to move him to the bench. Now, Horford becomes back to the forefront. Uh, You give him this big contract, four years, $109 million. He's probably going to be in the starting lineup now uh, that Ben is out, unless Brett decides to maybe go more shooting and go with Furcom, Korkmaz, or uh, Mike Scott, considering that Mike Scott's back, but... I feel like it's going to be Horford. He just – he makes the most sense. And considering that number I mentioned earlier about their offensive rating and also defensively, he also sets the tone for them. He really changed some things against Washington when he came into the game at the end of the third quarter. So now – um, you just – you kind of go from, like, the, this team that was running at a breakneck, breakneck speed with Simmons leading the way, and all of a sudden you guys slow things down and just kind of focus on Joel and Al. And I wonder how that's going to affect everybody else.
1: Yeah, I think – you know, I think the move definitely is, you know, bringing in Al Horford back to the starting lineup just because he has, you know, some of the most experience on the team. And just in the situation they are now, they're going to need as much ex- – Experience as possible to really do anything of value in you know the seeding games and then heading into the playoffs as well because it's like hey they haven't been you know in the grand scheme of things they haven't been like bad in the seeding games they've just kind of been themselves they've been underwhelming just like they have been the whole season so can they really show the world something where you know they they live up to expectations or at least close to it and they haven't done that yet they have not had a standout game in the bubble um can this next game against orlando be that uh that it has a chance to you know be that because uh al horford coming back to the starting lineup that could bring that veteran presence and you know they're gonna have to find ways to be just you know be better basically and be better offensively, be better defensively.
0: Yeah, like, I feel like there's going to be a lot more responsibility now on Joel. And Brett mentioned it yesterday. He was like, we are going to give him as many touches as we possibly can from here on out. And, right, and they, I, they should. Yeah, and they absolutely should. I mean, he, uh, he had 68 touches. Uh, against Washington on Wednesday. Now, that number probably is going to go up even more somewhere into the high 70s, maybe even low 80s. They have got to run all of their offense through Joel Embiid. And I don't know if you can really limit his minutes. Anymore. Like, I, I know you want to, like, kind of – unless you want to prep him for the playoffs. I mean, but when the playoffs come around, I don't know how you can limit
1: Embiid. I feel like – I feel like you should because I feel like you should because you know this isn't just about this bubble. I think if you're Philly, you got to be like, "Hey, we're not doing anything in this bubble." But still, you know, like we're not we're not getting past, you know, at most the second round. If we somehow get past the first round, we're not getting past the second round. But I think that you have to think long term. If you're Philly, you got to be like, "Hey, we're gonna have Joel and hopefully." You know, hopefully he doesn't like leave or anything in the future. But we're gonna have Joel Embiid hopefully for the next like what eight years, nine years. So you can't think just in terms of this bubble and be like, okay, da 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 da. da. I think that they gotta look a little bit. They gotta kind of balance it out. Yeah, you know, play him regular minutes, but don't like overexert him either, because that's not gonna be good for the long term considering his. Um, injury history that that could that could end up being bad and you know that could end up you know hopefully nothing happens but you know what if something happens and you're without Embiid uh, next season you know hopefully that doesn't happen but what if something happens to them and they don't have them next season so I think right. that they got to look at that as well
0: right and, that, and that's something that should be in the back of their minds but at the same time like this team still truly believes that they can win a championship right now. And in order for that to happen, they, they need Joel B to play somewhere between 34 and, like, 40 minutes. Yeah. Which, which, I mean, to be honest with you, I don't know how they can really expect to survive without Ben and not having Joel on the floor. Now, speaking of Joel, Cam, I really think that this is going to be a huge opportunity for him. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, Will. Specifically because – you know, we've always seen a Joel Embiid-less Sixers team, you know, where, where Ben Simmons kind of runs the show, runs the yeah. offense. We saw it in January when Joel was out. Simmons was running things. Sixers had a great offensive rating. Uh, simmons was just running up and down the floor, breakneck speed. We're going we're gonna to run, run, run. Now that Joel is now the focal point and Ben is now out, this is really our first chance to really see what a Ben simmons list offense really looks like. And now sure. we're going sure. to be able to see it with Joel And Al. And let's just kind of see how this all plays out, because I think the most interesting thing for me so far in the bubble has been Joel's ability to pass out of those double teams. And now that Ben is gone and Joel's the guy, unquestionably, there's nobody else there. They're going, every team's going to set up waves and waves and waves of double teams. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like even more than before. Yeah, like even more than before. So now you have to like really hope that Joel continues to make progress there, passing out to Tobias and, and Josh and what Brett Brown likes to say is quarterbacking the gym and have him go out there and just try and just pretty much run things out of the post. That's kind of how yeah. how I how I view things. And that's the world that I live in. And uh <laughs> I'm I don't know, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how um how the Sixers really run things offensively. It's gonna be like I'm very just excited and,
1: and interested in a for it yeah yeah I okay <laughs> okay <laughs> all right then hey we'll have to see how fur guys like fur shake josh Peterson, do because yeah i mean like, like i said i think they gotta be like okay you know obviously we're gonna be in the playoffs right that that's happening but, but i think they gotta be like we're probably not getting past the first round so I mean, you look at someone like Boston, they're significantly more talented than Philly at this point. Um, and, argue, and even with Ben Simmons, argue, still arguably more talented. Um, but now they're yeah. significantly more talented. And so it's like, it's like, hey, what's the point in really – I mean, yeah, obviously you want to try your best. What's the point in playing and be a bunch of minutes where, you know, we don't want to run the brakes off of them? I mean, you know, like I said, you want to give your best effort, you know, Obviously, you want to try and win, but at the same time, you got to be like, hey, you know, we want to have them for next year. We want to have them for the year after that, too, and, and so on. So, and I, I remember listening to, I'm not sure if it was a Sixers broadcast, I, I, the Wizards one, but um I think it was. And they were talking about how, you know, hey, they got Tobias Harris on a big time deal. Ben Simmons just got the extension. Joel Embiid's got his deal. Al Horford's got his deal. So unless someone is like, oh, forced trade is not happy or the team decides to blow it up, this is how it's going to be for the foreseeable future. Here's the thing, though.
0: Brett Brown's coaching for his life. So in order in order to in order for him to even like even have a shot at returning uh, next year and coaching this team again,
1: he's got to go deep into the playoffs. To that, but you don't think they're you don't think the management is looking at it with new eyes now? Now that with Simmons being out, I don't think so. I really don't. You don't think so? No, I this I I get the vibe and the feeling
0: that Brett is gone. Just if if they lose round one, okay. round two, then yeah, Brett's gone. That that that's just the vibe that I get. And the but how could
1: that. they? How could they have that expectation though? Because new circumstance,
0: even without Ben. You have a top 10 player in the game in Joel, or outside of top 10, depending on how you view it. Point is, elite player in Joel. You have Tobias Harris, who they, they the friend, friend, uh, front office gave a lot of money to. They brought in Al Horford. They brought in Josh Richardson to kind of be
1: that glue guy. Yeah. But Tobias yeah. Harris, I mean, a lot of people say, and you know, including myself, that was a slight overpay. Well, no,
0: obviously. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> But, like, the like oh. Tobias Harris says I'm worth $180 million. The point is, though, the front office laid down the law right there. They laid down their, you know, the expectation. They were like, Brett, we did this, this, and this for you. You got to go out there and get it done. You have come up short in the playoffs in the second round each of the past two years. This is it. So, like I said, he's coaching for his life, which is why Joel is probably going to begin playing, maybe not in these final – they played three games. They played f- in these five final regular season-slash-seeding games. Maybe he'll just play kind of regular minutes. But when the playoffs roll around, Joel's probably going to be up around 38 minutes a night, at least. And Brett mentioned that before. Okay, okay. But he, and Brett mentioned that before with Ben. With Ben out, he's definitely playing at least 38 a night, and he's probably going to be back up to, like, 42 because he's has got to
1: also think, though, too, about the situation. Like in the in the actual game, so I'm so say like you know he's approaching like 36 minutes, right? And it's the what? It's the third quarter, maybe the end of the third quarter, and they're down say about you know 18 points. It's not that's different amount of that's different. It's not in, yeah. I mean it's different, but it's possible. It is very possible they could be in that situation, like. At least two game in at least two games. Here's the
0: thing okay, though they they've been so terrible with him off the floor so far in the bubble. Like even like again even with Simmons they have been terrible both offensively and defensively when Joe Wells off yeah. the floor. So it, it it it's like it kind of reminds me of and and this is not to this extent, but w- when the Cavs in the 2015 finals took LeBron off and they couldn't do anything like. Ah. This, They can't do anything, Cam. Look up
1: the numbers. They have been absolutely terrible so far inside the bubble. They they have. But, yeah, you're right. It's not to the same extent. But, like, okay, Joel Embiid, yeah, isn't LeBron. Ben Simmons isn't LeBron. Like, Joel Embiid, and and exactly, he's not going to be able to carry. I mean, yeah, I think Joel Embiid is a good player. But he's not going to be able to carry this team like this. I mean, listen, he had 41 and 21. It's not going to happen.
0: He had 41 and 21 against Indiana and they lost because their defense on the other end was just absolutely putrid in the fourth quarter and they allowed TJ Warren of all people to score 53 points. They and then hey, don't sleep Antonio, on TJ. And then against San Antonio what do you have? I think he had like 25 and 12 with like five
1: assists or something. And then Yeah. He, against, I mean yeah, he's a good player, but he cannot bigs bigs can't carry. Bigs haven't been able to carry carry in like the last I'd say like, like 10 years. Oh, man. Tell that to Nikola Jokic. Like he's throwing the okay, Nuggets. Okay, what have the Nuggets done? What have the Nuggets done? Jokic carried them to, to within a game in the
0: Western Conference
1: Finals. When's the last time a big man has been a, uh, like a traditional big man has been a number one or number two? The last time.
0: I, per- I personally don't consider Joel a traditional big man. Just because he can do a lot of he's different things. Close.
1: He's close enough. I mean, he's. He's, you know, one of, the, he's probably the best post player in the league. Yeah. If LA wins, you know, if the, if the Lakers win the championship, this will be like the first time in a while where the big man was the number was like a significant part of the championship. And you know, what's going to be messed up. They're still going to get finals MVP to LeBron James. <laughs> like, and the last time good. I think happened, I think that happened. I won't count Kevin Love because I don't think Kevin Love is like a big man, big man. But I'll say, like, uh, Chris Bosh. I think that was the last time. And then Chris Bosh was number three. Chris Bosh was a good player. He was good. He was good. Do
0: you consider Bosh a Hall of Famer? Just real quick, yes or no?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, no without a doubt. He's a okay. Hall of
0: Famer. Good, because there are so many people who say he doesn't, but deserve it. It's so without weird. A, why, like, why, would you, yeah, why would you say that? Just, I don't like, know. There are so many people out there who, like, think that Chris Bosh is not a Hall of Famer. But oh, I digress. I digress. I don't know. The way, the way I see Philadelphia is, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just kind of mention this one last time, like Brett Brown is coaching for his job. So you're going to see Joel play like a, a high amount of minutes. And I, and, and I don't feel like how you can limit his minutes right now because of the fact that Sixers have been just been so bad on both ends of the floor when he leaves. And moving forward, you're, you're going to be going into these playoffs now without your elite kind of Chess piece that Ben Simmons is. How he can play so many different positions, guard so many right. different positions, and do so many different things. Jump shot aside, he does so many great elite things for Philadelphia. And moving forward, you're gonna have, um, you're gonna have to rely a lot more on Shake Milton too. I was uh, this is another one I want to get into with Ben gone. Does Shake begin to play like he did pre-COVID, where he's out here just like launching a bunch of threes? I mean, he showed it a little bit. He had a rough game against Indiana. Went scoreless, took one shot, missed it, three turnovers, bounced back in a huge way with 16 points in the game winner against San Antonio, and then I think he had 12 or 14 points, something like that against Washington. So Shake has been able able to bounce back. So now with Ben gone, do you focus more, maybe a little bit
1: more, on Shake and try to make him more of a part of the offense? I think that you're going to have to. I mean, you know, I I think it's going to be hard for Philly to do much of anything. But uh, we'll, we'll see how it looks because Shake right now I think is, you know, a really good spot-up guy, you know, good shooter. Um, and, you know, he will have to have a, more, of a, you know, more of a role in the offense. But Tobias Harris, I mean, honestly, this is like where a dude could earn his stripes because it's like, hey, man, you know, this is where you could really kind of make a name for yourself. You've never been to an all-star game. You're a fringe kind of all-star. You know, Joel Embiid is going to get, like you said, probably double teamed even more. So that's going to create more space. Someone's going to be open. You're probably going to be one of them. So can you make shot? Can you be a consistent shot maker? And I think that if he can, okay, maybe Philly could win uh, right. two games. Well, you know, hey, maybe you they could make it what in. What Dude, is- I... I am not, okay, listen, right, right. I, you know how I had started off before the restart was like, Philly's not beating Boston, right? And then when the restart, before the, re, you know, the, right before the restart where they were like, okay, we're going to put Ben Simmons at the four, then I was like, oh, they could beat Boston. But now Ben Simmons is hurt. He's a significant part of their offense. Now I'm back to being like, okay, they're lo- they're definitely losing to Boston. With Simmons
0: out, I don't think they beat Boston.
1: I don't think they do. No, there—that's not happening.
0: Because the reason, another reason why I think um, I originally picked Philly to beat Boston, other than you know the big man advantage, was Simmons' ability to defend Tatum and Brown and Richardson guarding Walker and Thibault guarding Walker. You know, but now with Simmons out, you're putting a lot more pressure on Richardson, a rookie, and Thibault, who will be going into his first. Playoffs. Yeah. And then you're also going to put a lot more on Tobias Harris as well, defensively. So, and, you know, those guys just mentioned, Tatum, Hayward, Brown, Walker, all legitimate scores. All four of them are. So, without Simmons, I, I don't see how Philadelphia beats Boston. Do you give them a
1: shot against Miami? If, if, if just, just in case the Heat got there. Uh, nah. They have a better shot, but I don't think they win. It's tough
0: because... I just watched Miami blow a 17-point lead to Milwaukee. Right. But the, but the point is, they were up 17 at halftime without Jimmy Butler and Goran Dragic against the Milwaukee Bucks. And yeah. like, the, like the second half collapse was inevitable because you're missing your two, two of your top players. So it's going to be hard. It's, it's hard to really give the Sixers a
1: shot without Simmons, man. Really I feel is- like – and then just to add – a side note overall i'm not sure how much we can take from these seeding games over like from all the teams because it's like you look at i mean yeah obviously you can take a little bit but i don't i'm not sure how much we can like really um go into depth because some of these games look like straight up aberration well i would would
0: agree to a certain extent but only for the top
1: teams like right
0: yeah yeah, you know what I'm saying like like the Lakers aren't taking this seriously. The Lakers took like maybe two games seriously so far.
1: The Lakers. That's what, I, that's what I'm saying. And then Milwaukee, I feel like is in the same sort of boat. Milwaukee, Milwaukee went on a 20 to zip run to
0: close out Miami the other day. And you they know? were da- they were down. Yeah. And they made and they made it look easy as hell. Like there's that. Um, the Rockets are another team that like, they're really, they, 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 they're resting their guys for the playoffs. And I just watched the jazz and the Spurs, the jazz rested four starters today. So, yeah, that's what I'm
1: saying. It's like some of these games, it really is for, you know, obviously the Western conference that, that race is going to be crazy. That race is crazy.
0: Also, I just want to add in, I want to ask Adam Silver again, why were Bradley Beal's pips? invited to Orlando like I just I don't understand why the Washington Wizards
1: were brought to Orlando okay okay but if you really think about it they've been in most of their games and if they had Bradley Bill they could have won maybe like three let's be real Nobody took them seriously.
0: Like, that's why they were in the games.
1: <laughs> but, like, oh,
0: okay. <laughs> exactly. But... <laughs> Nobody take the Wizards seriously. Oh, no, not the Wizards. <laughs> like, oh, no, not Ish Smith. Like, Philly, Philly almost lost to them. Oh, God, not Rui Hashimura. Like, come on, dude. Like, there's no reason for the Wizards to be there. Brooklyn is another one. I mean, I'll give Brooklyn credit. They've been fighting this whole time.
1: Okay, but Brooklyn has to be there.
0: Yeah, that's true. They're in the playoffs. They were that, in. That's, the, true. that's they, true. They they're, have to be there. That's true. They're in the playoffs. But Brooklyn's going to get swept so easily by whoever they Oh yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, like, and, and also I feel like because since there's no home court, because you know how normally like the seven or eight seed can steal one on their home court because they got the fans there and everything? But no home right. court, they're getting swept. They, we are going to see like four sweeps in the first round. <laughs> like, like I feel like the Lakers are going to I don't sweep. know about all that. I do. I, like I don't think. will sweep whoever the eighth seed
1: is. And then. I we'll, don't think. Uh, okay. I will sweep. Milwaukee will sweep. Yeah. And then the Lakers, I don't know. Because we don't know who the eighth seed is going to be yet. if, well, it's, if it's Memphis. Portland. If it's Portland, they're not sweeping. Yeah, Portland will give them a fight. But if, but it's, if, like, it's, if it's Memphis, they'll sweep. Oh, listen. Hold on real quick.
0: Before, before we end off, what if the Spurs get in? <laughs> like, what if-
1: I was talking about this with my friend the other day. They need to just like chill. Like they need to just be like, okay, <laughs> we had like what 20 something years straight playoff run or whatever. 22. Yeah. And like it's just like, okay, just start over. Like, like for listen. your own for your own sake. Like it's getting to the point now where they're gonna hinder their, their success. Just just start over. Like I'm, like, I'm, you're I'm not
0: I'm, gonna I'm waiting for the Spurs to get in. Like this, they're I, gonna I hinder future success. I think it'd be just be hilarious because you know Adam Silver did this to allow the Pelicans to get into the playoffs with Zion.
1: And I'm anti and I'm anti
0: tank too. And it's just like, like why? Like why do this? No nah, man, just, just stop the Spurs. The Spurs are death taxes and the Spurs in the playoffs, man. That's exactly what happens. So Cam, again, I, I want to thank you so much for, for everything sure, for, for, for for everything you've done. Uh, you know, for the bell ringer and, and Sixers wire and everything you've done for USA today, SMG. So I, well, for I sure, you, man, it's been- good luck in your future. You're always going to be my boy. Much love. And uh, yeah, just thank you for everything, Cam.
1: For sure, bro. Yeah. Thank you for, you know, really doing this with me. This has been a fun podcast to do the bell ringer. I don't know how I've tolerated all of your craziness. Like I every single time we get on here, Kai has something to say <laughs> about whatever. And Batman, I'm sitting in my room right now, and there's the, the there's like this Batman poster. And I Snapchat, I Snapchatted Kai one day. I was like, "Yeah, Batman is cool." Da 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 da. And he's like, "Nah, bro, Batman gets beat up in by a dude who wears wingtip <laughs> dress shoes." <laughs> and I'm just like, "No, no, but hey. That's who Kai is. That's, that's what he does. And, you know, that's how he stays on brand. So I commend him for that.
0: Because <laughs> it's true. Batman gets <laughs> beaten up by a man wearing wingtip dress shoes and red Fenty lipstick. I'm not trying to hear it. You can fight me on that. So for Cameron Fields, <laughs> I, I'm Kai Carlin. By the way, I need a new co host now, man. I need a new co host to, you know, deal with my ridiculousness. We're out. Uh, We'll see you guys next time on The Bell Ringer.